Good afternoon and welcome to the Council's Connection. I'm your host, Fabian Vicks. We're coming to you on a Saturday afternoon. We just had a small little thunder shower hit us in good old middle Georgia. And we are in episode three of our podcast journey. Uh, I want to thank those who have tuned in to my podcast. Tell your friends about it. Tell your enemies about it. Tell your neighbors about it. Tell your significant other about it. Tell your colleagues about it. This is a podcast for the new and the old counselor who are trying to find ways to improve that comprehensive program. Uh, Keep in mind, I am not the greatest counselor in the world, but I do know that I always try to find ways to improve and make, make my program better than it was the day before. Today's episode, we are going to talk about two letters that we all love to hear. PD, professional development. And we are including professional development in our buildings, um, like get better faster or anything like that. And sometimes we're looking like, what does it have to do with me? As far as our position as counselors, especially over the last several years, counselors have a good number of counselors have not been in the classroom before. I'm one. I'm in that number. I've been in the classroom before as a substitute. I did substituting while I was working on my um, master's for school counselor, so I get a feel of what it's like in the classroom. So, because I, I know I didn't have a t- uh, a traditional teaching degree. And I wanted to get the experience of how the field would be as far as being in front of students and working on classroom management, those types of things. And PD is a, a necessary evil for, for us as far as being part of our buildings. Sometimes we want PD to, to accentuate our programs and we're we can get that sometimes, but we're going to go into a discussion on what things we can advocate for, what things we can do for ourselves as far as getting the PD that we need and deserve for our school council programs. So let's talk about it. I have a few things dealing with professional development that we all can do as counselors to better accentuate our programs. And the first one I have on my list, I have jotted down is join your state organization. Of course, I'm in the state of Georgia and we have our organization, the GSCA, Georgia School Council Association. It's a very good association where I'm also part of the leadership team where I am the Beacon editor. That is a big job. It is overwhelming at times. It's my first year doing it, and it's a learning curve because I'm editing an entire magazine for all the councils where I read articles that are submitted, inserts of different journals, articles, ads, images, those type of things, and it's it's stressful. It is not going to lie. But it's a very good learning experience as far as giving you exposure to your colleagues around the state. So where that if you decide to move to a different area or you want to advance your career, 
they could see the work that you did in that domain. So joining your state organization is is probably t the top thing on my list. I would think it would be on everybody's list to join your organization because they have plethora of resources for you to pull from. And under that umbrella of state organization, I have a couple little add-ons on there. I will definitely go to your state conference. It is cheaper to go to your state conference than to ASCA. Your registration fee and hotel fees will not be as astronomical as ASCA. ASCA is a great resource for resources, but it's just a lot of money you have to spend. I've been lucky and been blessed to have been sponsored by my district for two straight years to go. I'm aiming for a third one because I put together a presentation for the ASCA conference and hopefully it will be accepted and that will give me a key to attend the conference in Seattle this year. But back to the state organization. There are a lot of talented counselors in each state. And the only way for anybody to know how you feel about specific things or what things you like to share with your counselors as far as technology or self-care or mental health or anything like that, you need to present at your state conference. Apply to present. If you're scared to present by yourself, have a colleague or a friend collaborate with you on the on the presentation materials. Once it gets accepted, then you can further hone in on your details of your presentation and drill down on what you want to specifically talk about. Each present presentation is about an hour to hour, 15 minutes. I actually presented at my state conference last year on integrating technology and data into your 21st century council program. It was a good turnout. I would say probably about 50 people was in my session. Um, about a good, I want to say about maybe 10 to 15 percent of the attendance were from my district to support me, and I and I appreciate them supporting me. But it was it was surreal to actually be presenting in front of my peers from all over the state, and it was it was awesome, and it's pretty cool. Another step I will look at also is to go ahead and join ASCA and find a way to actually attend the ASCA conference. I know I just said to attend your state conference, but if you actually can go to ASCA at least once, it'll be well worth your while to go. You'll make so many connections. You'll meet so many counselors who might be dealing with the same thing you're dealing with from, from the different duties, the non-school counseling tasks to, to just seeing a lot of folks that you never would thought you would have seen before. You've seen some folks from out of the country actually come to ASCA. And you can make some lifelong relationships with these people when you go. My next on my list is to advocate for your district's counseling department. Ask to present to your district. My first year um, during our new new uh, employee training, I discussed time analysis with Scooter. And lo and behold, our first meeting with our um Counselors, even though we were we were broken down to grade level like middle, elementary, and high school, I presented to the middle school counselors. Literally on my second day, we were talking about time analysis. I was talking about Scooter and my school. My first year, we we able to buy Scooter for me and my other counselor at that time, um, Dr. Turner. She retired this past school year. 
we used Scooter my first year, and then the next year, my district actually signed off on using it for all the counselors. So our district has been using Scooter for the last two years, and we'll be going on the third year using it. Within that also, I was able to present to the district as a, as a collaborative on the different types of time analysis we can use to track our time and how we can show our administrators how our time is being spent and how it can be be used in a in a more effective manner and leading from that as well i was able to present to our zone our excuse me our region counselor meeting a couple months later where we i talked about time analysis and presented to them as well next step for me as far as getting more pd for me would be prepare yourself for an intern when you get an intern as a counselor that that shows your colleagues that this person knows what they're doing and this this person can learn from from who I'm a, who they're being assigned to i actually got an intern this year and this is my fourth year as a counselor so that says a lot for my district to to assign an intern to me in my fourth year and I had my intern come in. She's from the Fort Valley State University, where I had my undergrad from the Fort Valley State University. And we discussed some things that she wanted to improve on, some things that she felt she was strong at, some things where she's in between on. Talked about uh, communication and presentations and data and public speaking, those type of things. And those are things that will come with time as, as you become a school counselor more comfortable in your skin and knowing your personality and your style of counseling. So for those counselors out there who has never had an intern, I would say you should ask for an intern and, and go where the chips may fall. That will greatly enhance your your skills as a, as a lifelong learner because one, you're not only teaching the intern, you're learning from them as well. And the final thing on my tab for learning as a counselor with PD is to write for your state organization. We talked about joining your state organization and applying to present and presenting and joining your association and possibly going to ask a but your state organization has usually has a a magazine it could be like a um, best practices what you've done or things about your evaluation or possibly research-based articles we have a uh, the beacon that's for best practices for our counselors and a journal whereas research-based articles where um, authors collaborate with other counselors or other types of stakeholders on on some issues that they see or have noticed as a trend and they write research-based articles to to make more aware and that's another thing leading into professional development is to always do your research research different type of strategies <laughs> interventions that are research-based are best practices far as PBIS and the 28 days to break a habit or 
you know, CBT or solution focused. Those things are research based forms of counseling. And a lot of us as counselors, we would love to use the different forms of counseling we learned in school, the 12 to the 14 different ways of counseling, those different strategies. But the in the time frame and the call and the demands of the building rely on us to use brief solution-focused therapy. And sometimes we need something to research on to find something a little bit different, something that's out of the box or something that's different that we're not comfortable using all the time. Those five things I've just discuss as far as joining your state organization, advocate for your district, advocate for an intern, writing for your state organization. Those are some of the top items I would suggest as far as being a better professional school counselor. This is the part of the podcast where we talk about some housekeeping items. Um, you can follow me on Fade the PSC, or you can follow my school, Appling Counseling Department. You can also check out my webpage, Fade the Counselor. Weebly. Com. I have my my blog on there called Fabe's First Thought. Of course, I might need to rename it to Fabe's Final Thought. To match my podcast um of course i'm still working on some future episodes as far as getting an administrator on i have a couple in mind i want to invite on to my podcast i'm working on getting a couple counselors to join in and talk about their best practices and what is their why to being a school counselor i'll be back in just a moment Now to Fabe's final thought. Tired, exhausted, drained, worn out, worn down, done. Those are some of the feelings we have at the end of the year, sometimes at the end of the month. It was that kind of week at the end of the week. And one of the most important things not only as a school counselor, you can be a mental health professional, you can be a doctor, a 911 dispatcher, a police officer, a, a fireman. Any type of job that has to do with some type of first responding, you have to know how to take care of yourself. And if those ways of not taking care of yourself in a proper manner, manner can lead to those feelings and that's just not all of them that's just a tip of the iceberg on how we feel and I know my final thought I always keep it 100 or as I say to my students I've been 100 they say that to me too um full disclosure I am a perfectionist. I am a workaholic. I am someone that always tries to make everything the best, try to do right the first time. 
I still haven't learned that you cannot do everything right the first time, no matter how much you practice. I'm a musician. I'm a saxophone player at my church. I was a drum major in my school, played saxophone, jazz band in my school. And no matter how much you practice, even you practice perfect, something's always going to go wrong. And learning how to deal with the errors or the mistakes is all part of the job. It's not about, you know, I... I was able to do my my four guidance, my four core curriculum today. I was able to do my groups. I got that done. I did it perfect. I got all the data I need for it. What happens when the technology fails on your presentation to your students on dual enrollment? What if your pre and post tests through Kahoot don't work? What if you had a student that's talking about killing himself? Because they've been dealing with grief with the loss of their parents from three years ago and they're still dealing with it and have not received the proper coping skills. What if you have an irate parent coming in and they're just using every type of profane, laced word they could think of at you? What if you have an administrator that just gets under your skin to a point where you just want to just walk out the building? What I'm talking about is self-care. And any type of job that you're in, you need to find ways to self-care. I had the pleasure of doing a podcast with Jim Deacon last school year. Um, he was interviewing different councils across America. and I was, We just talked about some different things, and mental health. And I follow him on Twitter. And I, I love his podcast. And what I aspire by his podcast, he went video. Who went video this year? So I'm going to go video. And I'm like, man, I'm not going video. I'm going to stick with what I got right now with the podcast. And he does a segment on self care every episode. I'm not biting off his segment. I'm just talking about my final thought on self care. It's the most important thing to breathing, eating, and sleeping. And those are three of the things you need to do as far as self care. And a lot of work that we perform. Make sure you try to get about seven hours of sleep. Of course, doctors recommend seven to nine hours of sleep. We're in education where we're only working, quote unquote, working 40 hours a week. But we know we're working with professional development after school, different various teams we're on with either PBIS or a leadership team, or if you have a club like beta club or if you're a stem coach anything like that you're spending extended amount of time outside of your regular business hours you can even add in events for the school like the games or even when we talked about Raider Fest last week that was on a Saturday that was not a contract a day for us but as far as our zone set of schools is part of part of the collective of branding our zone and advocating for our, our zone to become the best we can be. But sometimes self-care is getting, make sure you get seven, nine hours sleep. It's nothing wrong with leaving your laptop at work. Now, if you know it's something that you have to have completed the next day, you have no choice but to take that hit and go ahead and bring that laptop home, charge it up, and do what you got to do.
sometimes it's it's hard to do that. Sometimes let the work, let the work go when you get home. Family time, your family needs you. They need all of you, not part of you. Another part of self-care is not letting them see you sweat at work or at home. Sometimes, I'll take that back. Don't let them see you sweat at work, but let your significant other see you sweat at home. Because keeping it in can be the worst thing you do. Sometimes, keeping it in can force you to be sullen and distant and nonchalant. And have all the frustration built up in you and your and it, when it comes out it's going to come out the wrong way to your significant other your partner your family your friends even sometimes your colleague if they call you for something and and you're so frustrated you snap on them and that could break a relationship there going back to my full disclosure I need to take all this advice I just gave to you guys all these tips I just said because um, I lost my dad back in February I lost him on a I believe it was a Wednesday it was the day before Valentine's Day February 13th I was on a PBIST meeting I got a call from my mom I thought she was calling me asked me something I let the call go and she called right back no, excuse me, my sister called me right back and told my dad's not responsive. So I got my stuff and ran out of the meeting, picked my wife up, picked my kids up, got to Atlanta, he was already dead. And when he died, it was two days before winter break for us. So imagine being at home at my mom's house from Wednesday then we was on winter break. Then had to go back to school. My idea of self-care is to throw myself in my work. I was trying to work while I'm at home and my family was putting together funeral arrangements and looking at different caskets and trying to get a DD-214 for my dad because he was a Marine. And it was... It was surreal. And when we buried him on that Saturday, the following Saturday on the 23rd, it was, it was crazy. It was a whirlwind. And that Monday after winter break ended, I went back to work. And that's probably the stupidest thing I've done next to an incident back when I was in college well that's another story for another time but that was the dumbest thing I ever did in my life I went directly back to work my my mind was with the kids I tell you about my body was in the building but my mind was everywhere my mind was thinking about leaving finding a job somewhere else my mind was like I need to move back in and help my mom out my mind was like this got to be a dream this got to be a joke and I got through the school year 
got through it. I got through it. We throw in my wife lost both her grandparents. Also, my best man, he died in July of last year. His oldest daughter died in March in a car accident. And the last 13 months have not been cool at all. Death is a part of life, but at the same time, it was the toughest. This has been the third, toughest 13 months of my life. And while I was preparing my office for the year, um, our access students uh, made some cars for me. When I came back, I saw the cars and I was emotional about the cars. And, you know, I, I put them up everything in my office. And while I'm unpacking my closet to pack it to, um, to create my office for the year, I saw the same cars. I didn't get rid of them. I saw the same cars. And every time I went to work for a couple of days straight during the summer, I couldn't look at those cards. I had tried to put them up on my bookshelf and everything. I just, I just couldn't bring myself to put them, to put them up. I was coming in, just already knew that he's not here. This is my first time that he's not going to talk to me about my school year, give me his spiel about being a being an admin, getting my doctorate, and it's just crazy. And I knew not not just at that moment last month. I knew at at a meeting for PBIS also. I came back too soon. And if anybody has dealt with grief or loss or anything like that, don't don't come back too soon because it's gonna it's gonna catch up. And I didn't realize that until last couple weeks that I'm still dealing with it I got through the year I coasted through the year I just threw myself in my work and then when it's all said and done when I start over that sarcastic voice and that tone of when you gonna get your doctorate when you gonna get your own school when you gonna do that it's not gonna be there anymore So you guys out there, take care of yourself. Get some sleep. Take the time when you need, when you have it and need it. I'm out.